the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to my show, The Dennis Prager Show. There's a new book out called Fight. I would have the author on if he'd come on, but they rarely do. They go on NPR, left-wing authors. They don't come on programs like my own, even though I treat people who differ with me, even people who call me bad names, like the professor at UCLA who wouldn't even play in the orchestra that I conducted three years ago at the at the uh, Disney Concert Hall. He called me a bigot and so on. I had him on the show. But anyway, I'm just publicly inviting John Della Volpe at Harvard. This is what his book is about, summarized by uh, the Daily Mail. Time is on the Democrats' side. Gen Z, Generation Z, is now overwhelmingly leftist, thanks to Trump, Greta Thunberg, Parkland High School shooting, and the murder of George Floyd. New book reveals. A new book suggests Generation Z, which has just begun reaching voting age, overwhelmingly backs Democrats, offering President Biden and his party encouragement even as they face difficult midterm elections. The latest polling puts Biden's approval rating at less than 40%. Gallup last year charted a major swing from Republican to Democrat across the nation. They should, uh, they meant to Republican from Democrat. Daily Mail gets a lot of printing errors wrong. Gets a lot of, makes a lot of printing errors. Gets a lot of printing errors wrong, is redundant. But John Delavolpe, polling director at the Harvard Kennedy School Institute of Politics and CEO of Social Sphere, says the latest generation of voters shaped by the Great Recession, Greta Thunberg race protests, and the rise of Donald Trump suggests a brighter future. Generational replacement will not be kind to Trump's Republican Party. Just, it's worth uh, noting that... Uh, I believe that the left wants Donald Trump to be the nominee for president in 2024. Even with him sidelined as he is now, their preoccupation is with Trump. It's not the Republican Party, this dishonest member of the faculty of Harvard which I know is shocking to think that that might exist, but apparently does. Trump's Republican Party. If, God forbid, Donald Trump were laid low by disease or even death, they would still say Trump's Republican Party. So if they have him as the real nominee, then they will go crazy. 
they they're by the way they are allowed to go crazy our side is never allowed to go crazy just remember that all hysteria is is in the province of the left he listed the events and themes that will that shaped them that is generation z through their teenage years, starting with the Occupy Wall Street movement. Really? Really? Why don't you ask your Gen Z child or grandchild, do you know, can you tell me about the Occupy Wall Street movement? I would be shocked if 5% of Generation Z can identify the Occupy Wall Street movement It is an ode to the bubble in which this Harvard professor lives that he thinks Gen Z is not not only aware but influenced by the risible, which is a fancy word for laughable, occupation, Occupy Wall Street movement. Through the 2018 shooting in Parkland, Florida, Why would that influence their vote? The 2018 shooting in Parkland, Florida. Was the shooter a Trumpist? Shooter was was a, a nut. An evil nut. Yes, you can be an evil nut. Because guns... Because they have been con- they have been convinced that the Republicans stand for the right of citizens to own guns, and therefore one must vote Democrat. Because they think their schools are safer if there is a sign in the front. There are n- no arms allowed here, no guns. This is a gun-free zone. Does that make your school safer or less safe? It would be interesting to have that vote, a poll that was actually accurate, take that poll among Generation Z young people. Do you think your school is safer if it has this sign, we are a gun-free zone, or numerous people at this warning, numerous people, numerous adults at this venue are armed. The answer is so obvious that it gives you an idea of the distortion that takes place in the realm of simple logic. Just logic, let alone morality and everything else that is good on the part of the left. Saying that gun-free zone is a safer campus is like saying defund the police. We'll have safer streets with defunding the police. The amount of murder in this country, including random murders like the throwing of people onto the subway tracks in New York City, is unprecedented in my, in my, in my own consciousness. Maybe it was like this, I don't know, in the 70s. This is a result of left-wing policies. Chaos is always their result. 
So let's see what else will uh, do it. And it's March for Our Lives protests. Hmm. That'll do it. Those March for Our Lives protests. I would like to ask Gen Z, can you identify March for Our Lives protests? And the moment when 17-year-old Darnella Frazier used her phone to video the murder of George Floyd. Well, because the press, which lies all the time, lied about the George Floyd murder, depicting it as a racist murder, that is the that is possibly an effect. That's true. Keith Ellenson, the Attorney General of Minnesota, who is black, who is left-wing, not liberal, said on, I believe, MSNBC, this had nothing to do with race. And so he was never charged the officer. Hmm. As younger people age, as younger people begin to make voting a more regular habit, there is no question, oh God, I love these prophets of the left, there is no question the certitude of people on the left is impressive. That they will be voting for the values that they've been developing over the last couple of years, namely, concern about the way in which capitalism is practiced. Ooh. That's why they don't like PragerU videos, because we make a moral and rational defense of capitalism. There is no other way to lift people from poverty or keep liberty. There is no other way. I will admit that big business are despicable. I've always said that. They have no moral values. They go solely where the winds blow. If they blow communist, as in the Western world, then they go toward communism. If they blow Nazi, like in Germany, then big business blows in the fa- in favor of Nazi. Big business doesn't have a moral molecule in it. In fact, I don't know what word preceded by big does. Big government, big pharma, big labor. Back in a moment. Many people own coins that have not performed as well as they'd expected. Some own coins that have done better than they expected. Or maybe you just want to cash out and do something else with the money. Markets change, and to understand the current value of your precious metals portfolio, you should get a new valuation. So I'd like to tell you about my friend, and he is, otherwise I never use that term, Nick Rovich. Came my friend because I so admire his honesty and integrity and knowledge of the coin world, of the gold world, the silver world. He's owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion 
For over 40 years, Nick has built a reputation for trust and honesty, and his goal is to earn your business for life. Nick won't push you to sell, but when you're ready, I believe he offers the best price, trade, and consignment deals compared to anyone. Right now, Nick and the AmFed team are offering their exclusive coin performance review for free. That's right, free, with a no-pressure guarantee from Nick. Call Nick at 800-221-7694. That's 800-221-7694. Hi, everybody. I'd like to tell you about an interesting project I've worked on, but I'm now working on this. Many of you know, many of you have read my Rational Bible. Genesis and Exodus published already, Deuteronomy coming out this year, uh, later this year, but early this year, next month actually, or March, before Easter and Passover, is my rational Passover Haggadah, and I fully understand that this may not immediately interest you like my rational Bible. So I know that this will appeal to you as much as my rational Bible, so we're doing something interesting with the publisher. We're shipping 50 free copies, as soon as published, to listeners who submit the most compelling reasons why they should receive a copy. You should explain why you would never normally buy such a book, or might not buy such a book, but are willing to email comments to me after reading the book, it's not very long, within a week of receiving the book. And uh, as the book is short, it won't be a big issue. All requests should be sent to Dennis at DennisPrager.com. Put Passover book in the subject line. The reason that we're doing this is to read the comments that we think we will get when people read it to show you how universally appealing the book is, The Rational Passover Haggadah. It's orderable at Amazon. Majority of Democrats favor house arrest for the unvaccinated. It's quite a party, huh? But they but they yell about Trump, 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 Trump. This uh, young woman that I've had on my show from... Uh, from Holland, a Dutch woman, was on Tucker Carlson last night, and uh, it was quite something. When she described the suppression of liberty uh, in Europe, and she said something to the effect, "It is not. It is not shocking that the country." That, uh, what is it that gave us, uh, that started the suppressions of World War II is now, which she was referring to Austria and the fact that Hitler was Austrian, presumably, and is now leading the utter and total suppression of liberty of the unvaccinated in Austria. They will have to pay up to 50,000 euros a year, which most people... That would be, I'm surprised if that's the average salary in Austria. Yes, there's never been a a real love of liberty among the majority of Europeans. 
That's why the French gave the United States the Statue of Liberty. You have to understand, and as I repeatedly remind people, it is not natural to love liberty. We in America are spoiled. This is such a free country that we think that it is the human norm to want freedom. But as you see in the United States, it's not the human norm. The left part of this country doesn't give a damn about liberty. That's not even true. They don't give a damn about preserving it. They give a damn about crushing it. The freer a country, the less powerful the left. That's a definition. That's definitional. Freedom and leftism cannot coexist. In that sense, the the left corresponds to human nature more than the right does. The right says, take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of your neighbor. That's not as natural as, take care of me. Ta-da! Take care of me. That's the motto of the left. I'll take care of others, or I'll take care of me and others. That's the right-wing motto. I'll take care of me is less appealing than you take care of me. People want to be children, not adults. Freedom makes you an adult. Left-wingers are children, every single one of them. Bernie Sanders is a grown-up child. That's how I see him. He is identical, I am sure, to the Bernie Sanders he was as a kid. Nothing has changed. Take care of me. Take care of me. Take care of me. Have things for free. The idea that you take care of yourself, your family, your neighbors is is grown-up, is adult. That is not the yearning of the human being to grow up. And there is, and the vehicles to grow up, liberty, marriage, children, these are all on the wane. That is, uh, what did you, yes, wow, look at that. The average salary in Austria, 45,000 euros a year. There you go. So is it possible they will have to pay more than their whole salary if they are not vaccinated? Even if you had COVID? We are, we are truly watching the decline of the West. It's really God versus safety. There are some Orthodox Jews who have declared the the whole movement, the whole vaccination uh, fanaticism, avoda avoda zara, as they would put it, avoda zara, idol worship. It is. It's exactly what it is. Idol worship. There is no god but safety, and Fauci is his prophet. To put it in Muslim terms of the Muslim proclamation of there is no God but Allah 
and Muhammad is his spokesman or prophet. Democrats are more than twice as likely as other voters to favor harsh government restrictions being placed on vaccinated, on unvaccinated people's lives, ranging from fines and house arrest to imprisonment in government facilities and loss of child custody. In a recent poll conducted by Rasmussen Reports, 48% of Democratic voters said the government should be able to fine or imprison those who publicly question the COVID vaccine's efficacy. Fine or imprison just for questioning, even if you're a doctor, even if you're a Yale epidemiologist, ologist, as Harvey Risch. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. All of you out there know that my pillow doesn't have their box stores or any shopping channels. They've been part of this canceled culture, and they want to pass on the savings directly to you. You can get the lowest price in the history of my pillow for their classic standard my pillow, regularly sixty nine ninety eight, now only nineteen ninety eight with the promo code. They also have queen size, regularly seventy nine ninety eight, now twenty four ninety eight with the promo code, or king size, regularly eighty nine ninety eight, only twenty nine. With your promo code. My pillow is not just pillows, they have over 150 products, everything from sleepwear to my new beds. Promo code also works on mystore.com and frankspeech.com. Go to mypillow.com or call 800 761 6302. Use the promo code Prager to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's mypillow.com, promo code Prager or 800 761 6302. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. You can watch now on the Salem News Channel. You can watch my show and you can watch my guests. In this case, Eugene Kantorovich, professor of law at George Mason University. Professor, it is a pleasure to uh, meet you and see you. Hi, Dennis. It's a great pleasure to be on the show. Uh, your book, uh, Robert Tugushkin had a really big impact on the life of my family, and it's great to be on the show now. Uh, means a lot to me. Thank you, sir. Well, you're a kindred spirit. I mean, when I uh, when I think about what you've worked on, like the the lockdowns and uh, Israel, and I'd like to note to everyone that Professor Kantorovich has an extremely powerful video up this week. Uh, at the, the, the PragerU video, I want to get the title exact. Does Israel Occupy the West Bank? Just take five minutes, my friends, to look at history, which is not what is done in most universities. Are you, uh, are, are you an outlier at George Mason? Um, at George Mason University Law School is uh, unusual. George Mason University... Hold George on, we Mason have an echo. We have an echo here. I'm, I'm sorry. I feel bad, Professor. Is it, is it, it's not me, is it? I, I have no idea what it is. But all right, continue. Let's see if it's, if something happened. George Mason University Scalia Law School has uh, is an unusual law school in that it's actually committed to yeah, intellectual. Yeah, no, no. Interest. All right, we we we. Okay, this is, folks. My listeners know this drives me out of my mind. Do we have any idea why this is happening, Sean? I know, Sean, you're not involved, but do we have any idea? Is the volume up on your end? Is that possible to hear me? I can hear you well. I know, but uh, when you speak is the problem, not when I speak. 
Okay, is this better? Yeah. Okay, great. I'm sorry. Yes. No problem. So as I was saying, uh, the um, George Mason University Scalia Law School is an unusual law school. I'm going to actually, in that it's actually committed to intellectual diversity, uh, not just um, skin color diversity. And so uh, you have uh, professors of all sorts of viewpoints. But certainly in the legal academy, uh, it's unusual. Uh, There's a consensus and there's a self-policing consensus about Israel and international law. I can tell you when I was about to sp- was speaking at a conference in Amsterdam, and uh, I was invited to speak, and the organizers of the conference were faced with a boycott by other speakers who were afraid of legitimizing my views. And I said, in academia, if you think somebody's views are illegitimate, you come and you argue with them. Why don't you do that? Uh, but uh, they wanted to deplatform. So um, the reason there's a consensus in academia, I think, is not because everyone thinks the same, it's because people who don't think the same are, are systematically deplatformed or denied access. What? I, what? I, had a, I had a feeling that George Mason was different because we've had so many professors from George Mason on my show in my, during my career. What, what goes with George Mason? Why? I don't know much about your university. I only know that if I want a professor who is not woke... I will first look to George Mason. Why is that? Um, so I think there's a misconception that George Mason is a conservative school. It's not. It's a school that hires not, you know, without adherence to ideology. Right. That's fine. And, and as a result, it, as a result, it becomes a sanctuary in a sense uh, for you know top scholars who could not perhaps find positions elsewhere where there are in fact ideological litmus tests. And I think that's one of the things that makes uh, Scalia Law School unique. Is this a result of the president of George Mason, or or you think that if the president retired, it would continue? Um, so George Mason Law School is part of George Mason University, and uh, the main, you know, like many law schools, it's not so directly uh, under the auspices of the uh, of the main university. So I think it has to do with a, a series of great deans um, uh, of the of the law school. Well, I. I, I, I... I do salute uh, your school. So you wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal about the concept of essential workers and yeah. the, the sort of, uh, if, if not absurdity, uh, the, the randomness about the choices so that bar workers were essential, for example. I want to come to that when we return. I, I, I do want to restate that Professor Kantorovich has an extremely significant video up this week at PragerU, PragerU.com, and it is the question of, does Israel occupy the West Bank? Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, back with Professor Eugene Kantorovich. Does Israel Occupy the West Bank is his video, and he's active as well. In the, in the pages of the Wall Street Journal, he's a professor of law at George Mason University. I hope we've cleared up the, the, the sound issues, for which I can only say to my viewers and listeners, I am embarrassed. I don't know why they see these things happen, but they do. So, Professor, you wrote about, uh, in, in the Wall Street Journal just last month, uh, about uh, the this notion of who are essential workers, people allowed to work and people who would be locked down. But in general, I would like to know, what is your take, if you have any, on the legality, I won't even speak about necessarily the medical efficacy of the lockdowns, the legality? Uh, The lockdowns were emergency measures taken under emergency authority that governors do have. And it's important that governments have the uh, have emergency powers in the case of tornadoes, floods, etc., to make sure people stay inside for a few days. But this was something entirely different than uh, that kind of natural disaster. And we see immediately the power to uh, lock down, which the government may indeed have, uh, uh, is nothing compared to the even greater power of locking down and then deciding who gets out. And that's a really huge power. Because the lockdowns were, in fact, not lockdowns. They were selective lockdowns. Right? There were restrictions on Americans who were deemed unimportant or unessential by the government. It's one thing to say there's floods outside for a few, for, uh, everybody needs to stay inside for a few days. It's another to have an extended period of time where people can go outside, can pursue their callings based on whether their jobs uh, are on a list. Uh, and that's a, tr- that's a power that's been unprecedented. And I'll say beyond the legal question, it's really fascinating where this idea even came from. Because if you read the pandemic preparedness plans that the federal government prepared uh, before this pandemic, anticipating uh, another 1918 flu uh, or other uh, catastrophe, in those plans, which were preparing for disasters with millions dead, things far worse than COVID, the possibility of a lockdown is not even mentioned. Indeed, what they say is, maybe it would be appropriate to have what they call snow days, one or two days of closure, uh, but that, that would be too economically and socially uh, costly. So it's, it's a radical measure, but then in particular, enforcing that measure unequally is what I think raises real legal problems of equal pr- protection and uh, fundamental liberties. Because in fact, not everybody's locked down. Why hasn't this gone to court in two years? Uh, so I'll tell you what it has gone to court. There have been many challenges to lockdowns, and most of them were rejected out of hand by courts for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, in the first few months of the pandemics, the government could do no wrong. Right? Courts were rejecting everything. There's a like COVID. We're very scared. But, but that started dying down and courts started becoming more open minded. But the, uh, there's a Supreme Court case called Lochner. Uh, which Lockdown versus New York, which held that people have a fundamental right to work and pursue their profession uh, and provide for themselves, um, and the government has a limited ability to interfere with that. 
during the New Deal, the Supreme Court overruled the Lochner Court, Lochner, and the idea of a constitutional right to be able to work freely um, became a, a boogeyman. Like uh, in constitutional law, when you say Lochner, that's like the bad old pre-New Deal world. Now, and I think, and I've written about this in an article called Lochner Under Lockdown, one reason that the idea of a right to work became less important, and on the other hand, rights to all sorts of sexual autonomy became more important, is I think it became, uh, most people stopped, most people came to believe that the government would never very broadly interfere with people's right to work. Like say, you guys can work and you guys can't. Or bar entire, uh, entire classes uh, of professions from pursuing their livelihood. Um, now, during the COVID pandemic, that's exactly what happened. Right? That's exactly what happened. Uh, the government said, um, you guys, restaurant owners, you, you, can, you can't work. You guys who sell marijuana in a dispensary, you can work. Right. So that's my question. How could this be two years later? How is this possible? Why, why aren't people suing left and right? People are suing, and it's it's a it's what I would call a fluke of constitutional law. There have been lawsuits about COVID restrictions as applied to lots of things, religion, abortion, uh, Second Amendment rights, and all of those suits are sometimes successful. But when you sue for something even bigger, just the liberty to leave your house and work at your job, that ironically is not considered a constitutional right, which I think is a bit perverse, because without the ability to support yourself, of course, Right, there's there's no point in a right to free speech. You can't buy a newspaper. Right, the, there's no point in a right to bear arms because you can't purchase a firearm. So the right that is in fact more fundamental. And if you ask people what's important to them, is it really to be able to watch like uh, the gossip gossip columnists on the news, or is it to be able to meet with the family and go to work? So uh, so I will pose a, a radical question as we come to the to the end, and I'd love to do this again with you. I, seeing the suppression, the irrational suppression of liberty in this country for two years, I am now prepared to remove all emergency powers from all governors as a matter of law. If there is a flood, people will stay home because they don't want to drown. I am willing to risk people drowning in a flood because they did something stupid rather than have what we now have had. Yeah, certainly I think this was an overreach of emergency powers of unparalleled uh, Right, but when, but when there is an overreach, then maybe the power itself is the problem. No, I think, we've, I think we see this in a few areas. We see one of the most shocking abuses of government powers under, in the pandemic is now uh, the remedies for COVID, monoclonal antibodies, one of the most effective treatments, are being apportioned on a racial basis. Right. So that many right. states say... If uh, you will get, you can get the monoclonal antibodies if you're very old and very sick, or an ethnic minority. All right, minority. I have to keep you on because I have to get um, more clarity, which you provide, Professor Kandorovich of Mason, George Mason Law School. It's a very important man I'm speaking to, Professor Eugene Kandorovich, who is a professor of law at uh, the George Mason Law School. Uh, professor. As bad as things are in this country, and I am, as I said, for the removal of all emergency powers from governors, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's so obvious that uh, you don't even have to comment on this. I don't want to put you on a political 
uh, in a political arena, but uh, every Democrat will abuse this by definition, and they have. But America is a bastion of freedom compared to Israel and Europe. Uh, nobody other than Sweden has taken liberty seriously. Uh, has this disturbed you? Um, what's happening in many countries has disturbed me. Uh, but what, what we've seen is every country overreacts in its own way. So in some ways, Israel has very uh, draconian uh, rules restricting, uh, for a long time, restricting people from traveling in and out of the country, even leaving the country or coming in. On the other hand, uh, Israel never had a vaccine mandate. You were never sort of put at risk of your job or civic participation. Oh, that's interesting. You, that's in a, your, so yeah. Everyone has their own uh, mishugas, as we say in Yiddish. Everyone goes crazy in their own way. But uh, what we see, uh, and it's very important in the United States, that the federal, the, fe the largest federal mandate was struck down uh, by the Supreme Court uh, last week, uh, which was a very important case. Biden's uh, OSHA mandate applied to most American uh, workers. Um, the What's happening in many European countries is people who are unvaccinated are being excluded from public life. And you see this also in places like New York, and it's quite extraordinary. And I said, as a legal matter, I think there's precedent for states being able to require vaccinations in many cases. I think in the case of COVID, that case, that argument's becoming increasingly arbitrary as the vaccine that they're proposing to give people is a vaccine for a different virus. And so today when they're pushing vaccines on people, it's a vaccine that was made for uh, a different virus. That seems completely arbitrary. But the leading case that in America on which this whole authority to vaccinate people was based on is called Jacobson versus Massachusetts. And it said that the state of Massachusetts could um, require that people either be vaccinated or get a $5 fine. It's about $160 today. So that doesn't provide for the authority of the state to compulsorily vaccinate people. Provides uh, the authority to give you a parking ticket if you do something right. the state right. obnoxious. All right. But today, people's participation in public life is being conditioned yes. on it. All right. We're going to have to do a part two. I, I, I thank you. I, I urge my listeners and viewers to watch the professor in the latest PragerU video. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dennis, so much for having me. Great pleasure. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.